welcome to another episode of You Do What? The podcast where I interview my comedian friends about their traditions and rituals. My name is Cindy Arvina. This week on the show, I have David Rosenberg, otherwise known as Rosie to many. Uh, David can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Pigs. That's Rosie spelled R-O-S-I-E. And you can also find him on YouTube at Rosie Piggies because Rosie Pigs was already taken. Those bastards. Um, this week on the show, Rosie and I talk about OCD and winter holiday traditions. So hope you enjoy. Well, let's let's get the heavy shit out of the way. The heavy shit? It's both heavy. I mean, it's not heavy. None of it's heavy. I mean, I have, uh, I have OCD. Do we know what OCD is? Does everyone know what OCD obsessive is? Obsessive compulsive disorder. I have obsessive yeah. compulsive disorder. But you have real OCD. You don't have just like, oh my God, I'm like, oh, so OCD. I oh no, it. I've been diagnosed by yeah. multiple psychiatrists and therapists. But it's not like debilitating and I'm not that person who's like, I have to twist things five times and I go left and right and left and right. I used to be worse at it. I've been really medicated for a while. So, um, What kind of medication is there for OCD? It's an anti-anxiety pill. Oh, it's okay. probably an anti-OCD. Mm-hmm. It's an anti-anxiety pill, anti-depressant. Uh, okay. So, And that takes care of it. But otherwise... I sometimes think I just have anxiety, but I do have, like, odd obsessions and odd compulsions. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to I used to try to merge on the freeway without hitting the little bumps in the middle of the road. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Like, that's a thing. Uh, uh, an OCD thing is if a car passes you, you look back and try to look back and see what it was. That's mm-hmm. an OCD. Um, songs, apparently. I, I got to remember what that song is. Um, OCD is really big on symmetry. Yeah. And so I used to have a lot of symmetry stuff as it, like a lot of, it's really debilitating. I keep saying that word. That's my word of the week. It's really bad if, when it takes over your life and like, if you touch something with your right foot, you have to touch something with your left foot. Mm-hmm. I used to especially have that as a kid. If you touch a, a crack with your right foot, you touch a crack with your left foot. And it was never like bad things will happen, but I always felt an almost physical need to do it. You felt, like, uncomfortable if you didn't get to accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't ever awful. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen... There's movies, and I've seen stuff about people who are OCD. I wish I was the OCD person who cleaned, but I don't clean. <laughs> I'm not that OCD, that type. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not... It's not awful. Uh, I don't wash my hands that much. I mean, I wash my... Wait, that sounds bad. I wash my <laughs> hands as much as you're supposed to wash my hands, but I'm not that person who's like, I gotta wash my hands and I just touch something. Yeah. Not like a, a compulsive, obsessive level. No, nothing like that. I do have obsessions. Uh, this is weird, but whatever. I uh, stay at other people's houses a lot. That sounds mm-hmm. sketchy. Well, but like work. You, you babysit dogs. It's not really work, but yes. Yeah. My friends pay me, and other people will pay me occasionally to dog sit for them. Mm -hmm. And my mortal fear is to uh, leave the door unlocked or the dogs get out or leave the oven on, like leave the gas. Uh So especially a a couple places, I go in and I check the oven and the, like, the range switches, even if I didn't use it. Even if I didn't use it in a month, I'll check them and I'll check the refrigerator door because I, I have images of them coming home and just water gushing out of their fridge and, like, a hundred, <laughs> hundreds of dollars worth of food because I forgot to close the fridge door, so I do that. Yeah. That's more of a paranoia, fear, getting yelled at thing. I wonder what my therapist would say. That's, 
that's an, I feel like the checking the the oven and the stove is a common OCD. I think fear it is. Ritual. I think it is, but I think it's combined with both OCD, almost a subconscious need to do something, uh-huh. and also my seven-year-old fear of getting yelled at, right? Yeah. Like, that's one of my dominant fears. I just don't want to get, God, to get yelled at as an adult by your friend because you, well, I mean, if, if it's bad, like you lost their dog or it's mediocre, you accidentally defrosted their fridge, I just don't want to have to deal with that, yeah. right? So I check. Has, have you ever been in a situation where you did forget and something bad happened? Yeah, I've been dog-sitting for my friend for like five years, uh-huh. and a couple weeks ago I went in. I offered, I was like, do you want me to go water your plants? Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, go water the plants. Yes, please. And so I went and I watered the plants, and for the first time I think I left the door unlocked. Uh-huh. Or she got home the next day and the door was unlocked, and I don't know if it was someone else. Nothing was taken. Mm-hmm. But for years, especially with her, I always check, just neurotically check. And I've been late to the next thing because I've doubled back. Like, I've driven four blocks back to, like, check all the doors. And one time I didn't. And, uh, I mean, it's not like the one one time I didn't and someone came in and stole my baby. It wasn't like that. (laughs) But, like, one time I did forget. Mm -hmm. But uh, those are my rituals. I used to have more tapping stuff. A lot of a lot of symmetry with my fingers. I would do like I would st- strum my th- fingers in certain orders and it had to be equal. It was very much about it having to be equal. And it was also something that like I picked up on as a little kid. Um and I feel like I don't know how much parents pay attention to their kids. But I, I wonder if my parents notice, and I want to be like, you probably could have sent me for help. I'm, yeah. I'm doing finger strumming in a pattern. Like, not really noticeable, but, oh, I did have more compulsions. I think these things are stronger when you're a child. I yeah. think OCD, I know ADD is stronger when you're a child, and I think OCD is stronger when you're Because your brain's developing, and you just don't brain's know how to, like, be a person yet. That's it. And I, I think it's also just, the chemistry might be, just might be different, and it, it settles as you get mm-hmm. older. I remember I had a, I cracked my knuckles. Cracking my knuckles is the only habit I've ever broken. I think it's because it's not an oral thing, and I have an oral fixation, according to Freud. Um, and I, I would, like, hold my hand like this to crack my knuckles. Uh-huh. And I think I was doing it a bunch at my friend's birthday party. And it was me, and I went to another school. We were friends from Hebrew school, and all of his friends from his elementary school. It was, like, sixth grade. And they all started imitating me, and I look back and be like, "Oh God, that was so sad. That's that was so such." Mean. I know, I know. Oh. Yep, eleven-year-old boys are really awful people. Oh, the worst. Eleven or twelve? I was probably twelve then. When did you? When were you first diagnosed with OCD? Twenty-four. Oh, okay. So, you, but you had had these things. Going yeah, I'd had these. You, you just, you, you just. What, what did you think? Like, just like I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, it felt normally right, just doing all these rituals. Just like, yeah, why wouldn't you want everything to be symmetrical? Well, I do still like symmetry, like houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think in part I got a Toyota because Toyota's insignia is symmetrical. Uh-huh. And I couldn't bring myself to get a like a Hyundai, even though I think it's tilty symmetrical. Yeah. But I, I just it was like, how would you get a like I could never get a Subaru because their like their stars insignia uh-huh. is not symmetrical. Why would you <laughs> you'd have to deal with that every day? <laughs> um I don't know. Look, I grew, I'm old, so in the 90s and the 80s, I don't think those things were discussed as much. Right. 
She's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm still before the curve of of putting everyone on Ritalin. Yeah. And my life would be so much better if I would have been put on Ritalin at, like, 14 when... You think so? You don't think it would have messed with your brain chemistry too much? I don't... haven't read enough to know if that's really permanently damning. Yeah. And science is always changing that. I don't know that, but I definitely think that it was bad enough as a kid... Like, my ADD was bad enough as a kid that I couldn't sit still and do work. Mm-hmm. And I think my inability to finish my work probably resulted in a lot of my anxiety. So not only would I have done better in school, I would have also not been so worried about school because that's all you worry about. I mean, you worry about a lot of things. Okay, mostly popularity. But, like, I wouldn't have had to worry about, like, my grades. And my parents were always big on my grades. So uh, I wouldn't have had to worry about school if I just had the ability to just sit and be like, okay, I'm going to do the five paragraphs now. Right? Yeah. As opposed to, okay, I'll write two now and then I'll do two later and one later on. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well. Oh, you mentioned that you were able to break your knuckle cracking habit. Yeah, 19, I just stopped. Just cold turkey? Just, I think so. Yeah. I, I started in sixth grade. Everyone was doing it. And then I stopped in 19. I still occasionally crack a knuckle. But, uh, oh, I bite my nails, but that's really, an, that is interesting that I bite my nails. My nails are a disaster. Like, they're just a, a, a wasteland of sadness and mangled and just, like. You know, oh, for a nail barter, though, they don't look that bad. This one's, this one has a cut. I, I ruined my cuticles. Me too. Yeah. I'm so bad about that. I ruined my cuticles. I can show you what happens. And I, I ruin the sides of my nails. And so, like, I'm slowly through the years losing nail. Yeah. Which is. Gross. Like, there, I've been on auditions, and I remember they'll be like, okay, slate your name. And you're like, my name's David Rosenberg for blah, 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 whatever our agency had at the time. And then they'll be like, okay, profile. And you'll turn to the side, and then you turn back front. And then they go, show your hands, and I'll show my no. hands, and I'll turn my hands over and be like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting this audition. Because, like, <laughs> if they look close in your hands, I'll be like, we can't put that. That's horrific. Yeah. Unless this is for nail cream. Can they just get, like, a hand double? Oh, yeah, they're going to, for $500 <laughs> that they're paying me a $500 spot for. Um, yeah, so I bite my nails. I can't stop it. My OCD meds don't um, touch it. Mm-hmm. It, isn't, it has no effect. And OCD, it's very much about perfection. Mm-hmm. And... and uh, Nail biting is very much you're perfecting things. You have something loose, so you feel like you you have to get it. Yeah. There's that aspect. There's also, like, you want the reward. So gross. No, I get it. I used to bite my nails all the time, and it was just, like, when you would get, like, a perfect, like, chunk out of it. a chunk. That was the word I was about to use. You get a chunk. Like, and you can almost sense beforehand. Like, there's a, I can get a chunk of... And it's it's awful. Yeah, it's, like even nowadays, if I have a hangnail, I'll always pick it, and if I get it to not bleed, then I'm happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty good about not getting. It. I drive a lot, and so I have nail clippers in my heart car, mm-hmm. and I feel like that actually cuts my nail biting because it doesn't get out of control. Yeah. But there'll be times where I go on vacation. Remember, they were like, "You can't bring nail clippers on the plane." And so I wouldn't bring nail clippers on the plane, and then I would just sit in this wonderful exotic location and just be 
Like, I want to deal with my nails, but I can't, and there's no nail clippers here, so what do I do? And, like, I'll come back, and my first thing when I get back is, i got to clip my nails, and it's so gross. And you're like, I'm 39. I don't have to do this anymore. (laughs) Um, Have you ever tried to, like, put, like, icky shit on your vehicles? No. Um, I've never put the icky tasting stuff. Mm -hmm. For your nails, there is one for your nails, but what happens, it's so awful, and I think someone should let the company know, and I read it on forums, is that I think it has formaldehyde in it. I, that's not the problem. The problem is that when it hardens, it itself becomes very satisfying to pick. Okay. So then you're sitting and picking the formaldehyde, like the, 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 the preventative measure itself. Mm-hmm. And then... It adheres enough to your nails. This is so gross that it peels off some of your nail, and so like then you're just causing more. P- it's it's awful. So I gave that up. I, I tried that for like a year or something, and it the, yeah. the, the, the it was one of those just cure was worse than the disease. I totally get the the whole like you're trying to prevent something, but then the <laughs> the peeling off of the thing, mm-hmm. like with nail polish, I'll do that too. Like I get like oh god, I like with the gel too. nail polish, just like once a corner starts to lift, I'm just like fuck yeah. <laughs> And it's the most sad. It's like the most satisfying part of my day. Yeah, most of my day is frustrating and angry, and just driving around and not getting in to get my phone call into troll conservative talk radio stations. <laughs> so if I can bite my nail, that's like a ritual too. Calling. Well, it's not like a ritual. I just I'm in the car a lot listening to uh, conservative talk radio, and I try to call in. Have you gotten through? No. Uh, yes, in the past I have, but not any big ones, and not recently. I've stepped up and I've tried to get into Hannity of late. Oh, I've never gotten no through luck. Hannity. I've never gotten through to Hannity. Um, I've gotten hung up by a bunch of guys. Uh, I've never called a lady, but there's very few female in LA female talk show hosts that are broadcast in LA. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? There's no Laura Ingram. There's no. Um, let's see. There's no. And Coulter's only a guest, right? And Laura Ingram isn't tele- isn't played here. Mm-hmm. It's indicated. Yeah, that's that's my that's my hobby. That's my mm-hmm. hobby, I guess. Your ritual. Yeah. It's not my. It's not like I don't. It like my nail biting and all my OCD stuff is much more of a ritual. Do you have like any like weird things that you do like before you get on stage that you find yourself doing? Yes, I raise my. <sighs> <laughs> I don't believe in superstitions. I mm-hmm. like to think I'm not a superstitious person, but I do like raise my hands like this to go like woo right before I get on stage. Yeah, and I I've worry that, that yeah, and I worry that if I don't do it, and it makes me embarrassed that anyone's ever noticed, but I worry that if I don't do it, I'll have a bad set. Uh-huh. And then I'll look back like, why did that set go wrong? Did I raise my arms? I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like that has no basis in it. But yes, I do do that. Mm-hmm. And comedy is like athletics. And people who played athlete athletics are better off in comedy because they're they have the structure and they're regimented, right? Um, and athletes always have rituals, right? Like Nomar always had like the the thirty five wrist checks, and they have to tap their um, uh, their bat against their feet. There was a mm-hmm. there was a catcher for the Mets in the eighties. He looking back, he just had OCD or he had a, a something related to OCD. It was called Mackie Sasseritis. And then Chuck Knobloch had the same, a similar thing. But Mackie Sasser was a catcher, and he had to double pump the throw back to the mound, right? Uh-huh. And it was taking up too much time. 
And it was it was enough that people like a 16 year old kid knew about it because the radio was talking about it. So I do that. Oh, and when I write a set list, I try to write a set list before every set, except for the past two months when I didn't have a notebook. And I always, out of superstition, not even superstition, but I guess ritual, I write crowd work first. Uh-huh. Right? I write the date, and then I put over here where the location is, and I write on the left side, I write the set list I want to do, uh-huh. and I never have stuck to a set list once. And on the r- right side, I write all my observations while watching other people, so mm-hmm. what I'd rather do, right? Oh, I'm going to tag that. I'm going to talk about that. Oh, that's a good idea, Right? But the first thing I write every time is crowd work. And all my friends, not all my friends, but a lot of my friends make fun of me for writing crowd work. Because first of all, that's most of what I'm going to do anyways. Uh And second of all, it's like not even a bit you remember. It's like, it's like, remember to take the mic out of the stand. Like everyone, it's just, it's not like an actual bit. I just, I almost think it's kind of cute that I do it as a ritual. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, but it's not like I have... I have to have a food before I go on stage. That's not a ritual. That's a, I get hangry and can't do comedy unless I eat. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw you, I just, I didn't know what to expect. I was just like pretty new and you seem to like not be engaged. But then once you got up, I was like, oh, this guy has like five eyes in the back of his head. <laughs> He's just observing everything. I watch most sets. Yeah. I watch people's sets, especially if the later on, cause I know what I'm going to talk about or you don't want to like. You don't want to cover something that's already been covered, mm-hmm. right, in the same Especially way. Especially if you're doing crowd work. Yeah. And so, and then, because then they'll be like, Ooh, the guy, the guy already talked about, which is why pe- headliners don't like people doing crowd work before mm-hmm. them. But yeah, I always watch. I try to watch. Uh, and it's probably a good thing as an older comic. People are like, oh, it's great that you're watching the sets. And it's like, it's not really out of kindness. Or yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really for my own sake. For sure. But yeah, I always watch and I write. I'll take a couple notes, and I'll forget a lot of them. And then I get off stage, and I'll look over my notebook and be like, what didn't I do? And I'll be like, oh, stupid. I should have done that. But that's, I think those are my two on stage, my two stand-up rituals. I write crowd work at the top of my set list, and I uh, always raise my arms before I go on stage. I like it because it seems cute. I remember there was an interview with the actor Don Lemon. I think that's his name. Old guy. I think he was... And the odd couple. And I remember say, I remember he would say before every take, it was either before every scene on stage or before every take, it, he would say, it's magic time. Mm-hmm. Which is cute. And especially when you think about it coming from like a 78-year-old man. But that would actually be kind of cumbersome before every take of a TV show or a movie because they take a gajillion takes. Yeah. And it's a second, and if he's just saying it, whispering it to himself, I guess that's uh, it doesn't take that much time or isn't that noticeable. But I know that... Not Don Lemon. Don Lemon? Who's the black guy? Not the black guy. I was, I was thinking, I was like, that sounds like a current person. Um... Lemons, maybe the last name. Mm, I could look it up. Yeah, it's fine. The listener can look it up. All right, it's the old white guy who is in the odd couple, but not the old, the one who is annoyed all the time, not the gayish Jewishish guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he used to say that. He got a, I think when he got his Kennedy Center honors, he either they brought it up or I read an article about him saying that. Mm-hmm. I read an article. It, what was it again? It's magic time? It's magic time. Okay. That was cute. It was cute, yeah. right? And it was his way of, you know, this 50, 60-year professional just still psyching himself up for mm-hmm. the task at hand. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of magic time, let's um, let's move on to the holiday <laughs> rituals. <laughs> Our um, really bad transitions. It's okay. Uh, do you have rituals? Do you do rituals before you get on stage? I don't. No, I don't think I do. Like, I make sure to write out a set list, but I don't. That's think what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's. That's not even a ritual. That's 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 part of the craft. Do you have other rituals? Um, I can't even think right now. I like to eat before I. Or I like to be like fed before I go on stage. I don't like to go on stage hungry because then I feel like I'm off. Yeah, some people, usually Jews, uh, just feel that that stupid hangry. So, well, think. I mean, by the time this comes out, Thanksgiving will have been passed. Do you have any Thanksgiving traditions? No, we go to my brother's in-laws. Um, the big traditions, <laughs> we do, we're traditionally Jewish, or I am. Mm-hmm. Like, we do all the, we do the major holidays, and we have, most of my family's traditions involve annoying my mother. I think it's probably most of my traditions. How? <laughs> <laughs> so, my mother... Um, she's fine now, but like, <laughs> it was just, so most of Judaism, if you don't really believe or go to synagogue much is just cooking. Mm-hmm. So the, my dad will say that the tradition in our family my, is my mom will go, I'm never doing this again. I'm not doing this next year. And so that's <laughs> true for, um, Hanukkah, mm-hmm. Hanukkah, you make latkes, right? And yes. latkes are just fried potato and, uh, onion pancakes Mm -hmm. and they're delicious they're delicious but the problem is if you make latkes your house smells like latkes for the next three weeks Mm -hmm. and when I was a kid we lived in Connecticut and it'd be the middle of the winter but we'd open all the windows take all the jackets out that could get smelled we'd close all the doors take all the jackets put them in the garage so you don't want to be the latkes smelling family (laughs) and then the house would still smell and my mother would be like oh it's too much work and then everything smells we're not doing it we're not doing this next year and then we inevitably, like, push on her to do it the next year. Mm-hmm. So that's December. Then there's Purim, which is um, an odd holiday. Another, oh, we were almost going to die, and then something happened, and someone saved us, and we didn't die. Let's mm-hmm. eat. Like, that's all Jewish holidays. And then, which, it's a stock line. But then sh- you make these cookies that are triangle-shaped. They're called humintashen. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, they're terrible. They're really, like, if you get them from a bakery, they're very dry. And my mother has, like, a kind of moisture recipe for the dough. And they're still mediocre at best. There's, it's not just because it's tradition for that holiday. You just wouldn't eat them at other times of the year anyways because they're just not that good, right? Like, compared to, like, a chocolate chip cookie, you'd be like, no, I'll just have the chocolate chip cookie. Uh Uh-huh. And so they're they're, um, triangle-shaped... And then you fill them with a couple of fillings. This weird poppy seed goo or um, this prune filling that's delicious mm-hmm. or apricot preserves or cherry preserves, which is always gross, or other stuff. And so we have traditions involving this. Like one year my brother decided it would be funny to close the homentation without filling them and then that would just aggravate my mother because then you just have this horrible dough cookie and yeah. then she'd send them to her younger brother and then he'd make fun of her for sending her bad cookies so that was another person we can involve and then 
And then when we were little, my brother and I would get in doe fights. Uh-huh. Was well, he younger or older? He's older, but we would, like, get in doe fights. It would be, like, towards the end, but then you could only get us to do this for an hour and a half without mm-hmm. being bad. And we'd get in doe fights, and my mother would throw us, send us away from the table. Be like, I'm never doing this again. We're never having hummantash again. You guys got to better stop it, or we're not having hummantash again. <laughs> and then when I was older, I thought it was funny to make weird-shaped hummantashin. So it's supposed to be triangle-shaped, and then I would make, like, human-atashin, like, human-being-shaped, or square-atashin. <laughs> or, like, my parents hate that I've always had guinea pigs, so I'd have guinea, I'd make guinea pig-shaped hummantashin. Mm-hmm. And then I made spermatashin. <laughs> And that actually tradition is actually stuck, not the experimentation. But now whenever we do make them, we do make weird shapes. But it's a, that's the tradition is to get. Yeah, to drive my mother crazy enough. She goes, well, I'm never going to do this again. And now I have nieces. And so I have to incorporate them and like have my four-year-old niece have a dough fight in my parents' kitchen. (laughs) Are they still in Connecticut? No, they live in San Diego. Oh, okay, they're close. Yeah, my parents and brother and sister-in-law live in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I feel like I haven't made them. They've made them without me. I haven't been able to get down there. But now that my older one, my older niece, Maya, is four, like she can be full on like, this is what we do Mm -hmm. and this is how we aggravate grandma. And then she gets angry. She doesn't get angry like she used to. It's not as funny. Yeah. There was like a point. There was probably a peak year between 10 years between when she would get angry, angry, and then just mildly aggravated. And now she thinks it's part of the fun. It's like, well, if you're going to be in on it, it's not fun. Yeah. Right? Like part of the fun is driving <laughs> you to the point of getting, throwing us out of the kitchen. Um, those are the biggest ones. We had traditions that we would go to certain houses growing up for the holidays. Mm-hmm. That was it. Uh, Did you guys do Christmas too? No, no, no that's not right. Even though I love Christmas uh-huh. more than anything. Uh, I just like the magic of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think I've actually caused either a, I've caused one breakup and one fight with a non-Jewish girlfriend because I commandeered the purchasing of the Christmas tree mm-hmm. when in fact I'm Jewish and I should have been like and the second time around I should have been like just just get, just get the tree she wants just get get this tree we, we don't have all that time but just get this tree don't find the perfect tree uh-huh. so another OCD it, yeah it is it is I, I it is an OCD that's the that's the part of OCD is, is that is a problem is when it takes it's like any habit or obsession or you know you're addicted to something when it becomes part of, it it's conflicting with other aspects of your life so mm-hmm. you're like I I lost a girlfriend because I didn't I wanted to find a white spruce or whatever or whatever had the perfect point or the downward facing leaves when I should have just bought that the first tree we saw or the first tree we kind of liked. Mm-hmm. So but in that moment, you're so just like yeah, t- and it, taken over by your Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it... I was talking about this in another podcast. Oh, it was about crushes the other night. And sometimes OCD... There's something about like, I think, snake straws and, and, and eagle talons where it like ratchets and it, it becomes locked and mm-hmm. you can't pry it back. And I think that sometimes happens. It's got to be a psychological. You could probably, in a hundred years or maybe now, find the chemical signature of, oh, this is clicked over into an obsession. Like, this is all you're thinking about. I need to get this perfect tree. Mm -hmm. I 
really like this girl and it goes from just being a simple cross to don't worry I don't get like creepy or weird or drive-bys but like (laughs) it goes to like something that it's more that you think about all the time Mm -hmm. and it becomes more of an obsession so we never did Christmas oh god and I love Christmas and I love Christmas trees and I feel very torn if I ever wanted a Christmas tree but my parents were around oh they like super against it just all around well we haven't talked about it but like Mm -hmm. Do they hate Christmas like they hate guinea pigs? No, they just won't even think about, like, why would you want a Christmas tree? We're Jewish. Because we're older, and, like, I feel like two more generations, most secular Jews. But that's a huge, that's, like, one step away from having a cross-up. It's Mm -hmm. not, but, like, to a certain generation, that's what it seems like. Right. It's just an affront to just, like, everything. It's, like, everything we've gone through our ancestors. You can't just throw it away because you like the tree and you like those stupid movies. (laughs) What's your favorite Christmas movie? Um, I don't know. I like all the Charlie Brown holiday specials. I like Home Alone. Thank you. I really like Love Actually. I love that movie. It's a, an it's amazing. So good. It's such a good, awful. Like, there's so many flaws in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's still such a good movie. Um, it's just a satisfying Christmas movie. And I like, I used to spend, I'm going to go back east for Christmas this year to visit my Christian friends Mm -hmm. in New England, which is very waspy Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, gather around. Sounds magical, though. Yeah, to drink the eggnog and it'll be snow outside and have a snowball fight. And yeah, I think I always tried to, I always tried to have that traditional thing in many instances. Mm -hmm. That's actually, it's a different thing. But, um... Yeah, we don't. We do have Jewish Christmas, and Jewish Christmas is you have uh, you go to the movies, mm-hmm. and then you go for Chinese food. Yeah. Do you do that too? No, but Chris, Chris, like grew up Christian, but he's even done Jewish Christmas with his family after they divorced. <laughs> yeah, with his mom and brother, they were just like, well, "Let's do Jewish Christmas." Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's a. It's a. It sounds like fun. It is. It's fun. Um, one and one year we had. <laughs> This is, such a, this is the Jewiest Christmas we ever had. It was, it was the year I would. Be, it was a sophomore in college, and I remember because so we tried to see Amistad on Christmas. Mm-hmm. All right, and Amistad is a particularly Jewy movie to see because it's by Steven Spielberg, who's our king Jewish filmmaker, uh-huh. and it's about black people. And Jews love movies about black people, and so we tried to see it, and they weren't playing it. And I remember wanting to go to the front desk and be like, you know Jews are going to be here, right? <laughs> it's Christmas. You know we're going to want to see the status film of the year, and it's Amistad. Whatever. Don't take our money. And then instead of that, we went home and we yelled at each other about where I was going to go abroad the next year. Oh. Which is another wonderful Jewish tradition is uh-huh. to yell at each other. Where did you end up going abroad? I went to France, and I wanted to go to Ghana, because at that time I would really wanted to be a good person and like help people and go to Africa and get malaria. Mm-hmm. And my mother was terrified. And uh, they won on a technicality. Like, we discovered that I couldn't go abroad for the... I don't think it was because I couldn't go abroad for the full year. Or I wouldn't be able to take classes that I needed. I don't know, but it was by a technicality that mm-hmm. France uh, won out. So I did went to France the whole year. Which it sounds like a... I'm not complaining that I had to go to France the whole year, but... Uh-huh. 19-year-old me really wanted to go to Ghana. Yeah. And when you're that young, you don't 
you're you're so stuck in like I didn't get to do the thing I wanted to do. I was, yeah, yeah. Rather than appreciating like, hey, I'm in France. Yeah, I mean, like once I was there, I was mm-hmm. happy about it. Like college was different, but once I once I was in France, I was I was fine with it. And then I think they closed the Ghana program because oh, like God. yeah, like there was like six kids and five got malaria and and like. Yeah, and one got typhus. It was something awful. Hell yeah, they got the full. Experience. Yeah, they got they got the full <laughs> Ghanaian experience. Um, do you have any New Year's traditions? Yeah, I hate New Year's. Yeah, that's, yeah, I that's hate the New tradition. Year's. I hate New Year's. I hate all event holidays. New Year's, Halloween. I had a show booked on Halloween this year, and it was no. I had a show booked on the Saturday, so I didn't have to worry about what am I going to wear for a costume. And what parties am I? Are they cool parties? Am I going to be networking well? Or are there going to be a girl there? Right? So, and so I hate Halloween because I hate the pressure. And then New Year's, I also hate, like, who are you going to spend New Year's with? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's amateur hour. No, it's it, it's not even, like, I don't party hard. I just don't, I don't like the, pre- I don't like pressure events. I don't like mm-hmm. Halloween. I don't like New Year's. And I don't like Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like having to worry about where I'm going or how many places I'm going, right? Yeah. So this year for Halloween, I just skipped town one the Saturday night and went to the movies. And then on Tuesday, that was actual Halloween, I just went to my friend's house and we watched Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate my birthday because I hate having to worry about my planning my birthday. Yeah. I hated it for years. I only like birthdays. The only good birthdays are like when you have a girlfriend because they'll be like, oh, I'll plan something, or if not, we'll just hang out. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, and it's kind of weird planning your birthday party just on your own. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, it's sad when you're like, I'm 38. I have no one close enough in my life. My family's far away, and my friends aren't close enough that someone's gonna be like, well, we're all gonna go out to dinner. And I'll be like, uh, instead, I this year I booked a show on my birthday, and I was ecstatic because it meant I had a show, mm-hmm. and it meant I didn't have to book anything else. And it was in San Diego, so I made my whole family go for ribs, which are my favorite thing in the world. And even though my brother's a vegetarian and also crotchety, so he was like. I could get us better ribs. We didn't have to go. And you can't. Phil's is great. And uh, you have to wait in line. Whatever. It was tremendous because I didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. So all event holidays. Like, I, I'm already beginning the process of worrying about New Year's. Mm-hmm. Where I'll be, who I'll be with. Last year's New Year's ended up being, like, me and five people and one couple's baby at an apartment <laughs> or a house. Just the baby, not the couple? No, the, the couple oh, okay. was there. It was their house. <laughs> but I had just broken up with a girlfriend beforehand. Aww. And so, like, I didn't have plans. Your kiss. Well, I mean, I didn't get my kiss, which is important because you learn about it as a little kid. And you're like, well, that's... And then, second of all, I just didn't have plans, right? And then I had to scramble for plans. Well, if I do something this New Year's, you'll be invited. Thank you, because otherwise I will sit there and I will worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> incessantly. And the only good ones, like, I've had good New Year's and I've had good Halloween. You know why? Because I had a girlfriend at the time, and, like, one year we, I, my now friend, we didn't do anything for Halloween. We went to the movies. I think we saw Drive. She didn't like it. And then we went home, and we screwed, and then we went to sleep at, like, 11 on a oh. Saturday night. It was great. <laughs> didn't have to worry. Didn't have to go to stupid parties. It was it. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is, what do you think? Well, blech. this will be the last question I ask you. What is the most underrated holiday, in your opinion? I really like Thanksgiving. Yeah. You think it's underrated? I think it's underappreciated. Uh-huh. And I'm sure by the time my kids do this podcast, 
that Thanksgiving won't even be existent because it's exploit. No, Columbus Day is very exploitative, but eventually they'll be like, no, it led to the downfall of the Native Americans, and we just used them for their corn and then gave them syphilis. No, they gave us syphilis. We gave them... Smallpox. Smallpox. Um, I just... I grew up in New England, so it's a very scenic fall. It might be snowing. It's dark. Uh, you have time off from school, but it also is very heady in that sense. Like, there's a lot going on. There's um, specific foods, which I like, but there's also, like, I remember as a kid, you'd either have a lot of work the week before Thanksgiving, like all these tests, or right when it's done. And also Thanksgiving was the time in college you went home and you saw everyone, right? You would be like, okay, I'm going to go to Thanksgiving, but then we're going to go to, like, Zach's house or Lauren's house probably. And then my high school, I don't understand why other people don't do this, and it was annoying when they did our 20th. My high school always has, we always have our uh, reunions on Thanksgiving or that weekend because it's the only time people are guaranteed to be there. Oh, interesting. That makes yeah, sense, yeah. Because other people might have family stuff or, for Christmas or they might go away for Christmas and no one's going to randomly go back to West Hartford, Connecticut for like June 15th of every year, right? So everyone knows, well, we're probably all going to be here for Thanksgiving. So we always, so Thanksgiving was great, especially, I remember I didn't date much in high school, and then after college, I walked out of college with a girlfriend, and we were living together, so I got to be 22 and be like, yeah, I have a girlfriend now, and like our five-year or whatever, our four-year reunion, it was, I was so proud. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Thanksgiving is my favorite, other than Christmas, which don't tell my parents. I mean, I like the Jewish holidays, because I like the food and the, the camaraderie. Yeah, and playing pranks and pestering my mother. And we have other, like, pestering my mother about what she made. Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't you make the the stuffed cabbage? Oh, it's so much work to make the stuffed cabbage. But everyone loves the stuffed cabbage. (laughs) Um, Or, but I really do like Thanksgiving. Nice. Even if I don't get to relax that much this year. But I really do like, it's it's like my favorite holiday. Because even in L.A., some Thanksgivings I didn't have. I almost never went home for Thanksgiving, Connecticut. When I lived in LA, my parents were still there, mm-hmm. so I would either go to my brother's or my brother's in-laws in the Palisades. Okay. Or because it's LA and everyone's an orphan here, we would always have like I have like two friendsgivings as well on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's that's. Unlike, I mean, I, I would think other places, but other other holidays where you were like, okay, we don't have family, okay, let's all I'll make a turkey. You bring some soup, you bring some sides, right? Um, I've had the similar thing with Christmas. I think also Thanksgiving helps because you're so formed by school, and the concept of time off from school is so magical uh-huh. that even as an adult. Especially when you work, it's 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 magical. Like you have these extra two and a half days off. I always uh, Thanksgiving's like my favorite, and it's the beginning of the holiday rush before the rush really sets in. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're Jews, so we don't do Black Friday shopping, so we don't even have to worry about that. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's it's a total win. Yeah, I like Thanksgiving. Well, thank you what, so much. Oh, uh, what's your yeah. favorite holiday? <laughs> Turn it around back on me. Um, my favorite holiday, Halloween. I know you hate Halloween, but it's my favorite. Because you like dressing up? 
yeah, I love dressing up. I love decorating. I love just, I love seeing it. And I think that not enough people decorate for Halloween. Well, like half the houses and apartments are like, have like skeletons crawling out of the floor. Not around here. Really? It was boring. Yeah. Maybe like two houses on this block had decorations up for it. Yeah, it was really disappointing. Can I tell you one more thing? Yeah. About decorations? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a big snob from Connecticut, from upper middle class Connecticut. <laughs> I go crazy every year when the decorations come out for Christmas because uh, I get really uh, fanatical. You put white lights outside, colored lights inside. Mm. Once you put in colored lights outside, you start looking like po- po- white trash. Always. You cannot put colored lights outside. I love colored no, lights outside. So gross. It makes your house look like a gingerbread house. It makes your house look like it's worth $8. Your mother's sitting smoking when she should when like she should be looking after the kids. Or your dad's drunk when he should be looking after the kids. Or they're divorced. <laughs> and there's like a Barca lounger. I just, that's what I so think when trashy. I see holiday lights on like in February. I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah that's true. Together. But there's something so classy about just like simple white lights. Oh, it reminds me of like, oh. the 80s. I hate it. I hate it. It reminds you of Home Alone. It's so pretty with white lights outside and just, but inside the living room window, you can see a well-decorated tree. Okay. I, c- I could see the, <sighs> the magic with that. It's both magical and my dislike of all things white trash. So, like, you have a goddamn inflatable reindeer display. Just just move. You're, t- you're, you're bringing property values down. <laughs> I would be so upset if I owned property and people did that. Take pictures and show them to yeah. the landlord. <laughs> I'm gonna, you'd be like, look at this. This is... See what your tenant's doing? Yeah. Or like other houses on the road and be like, bring just a whole bunch of women named Marge and be like, I'm so- Vanessa, we have to talk to you about what's out front. <laughs> We're selling the house to sell it and we want you to take down the red lights. <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to end. Anything right. else? No, that's it. All right, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs>